All right, Joe to camera, John Ritchie. We got Rhea and Devin, and we got Wechter in for Seltzer today. And we're going to be talking a lot of Eagles football all throughout the season with our next guest, Shil Kapati. He does wonderful work with the Ringer. He's been covering the NFL and to a large extent the Eagles for a number of years now. He was at the Birds practice the last two days, those joint practices against the Cleveland Browns, and Shield joins us right now. Good morning, Shield. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good, Great, buddy. Shield. All right, Shield. so uh, let me just say this. I mean, you're going to be with us, and I believe it's every Wednesday, and we'll detail the whole lineup when we get closer to the regular season, but we're so happy to have you back with us for another another season weekly here, and, and, and let's crank it up today looking – to the last two days, and I'll just ask you an open-ended question. You were at the last two practices. There was a lot of contact. What stood out to you the most from an Eagles standpoint at these two practices you saw against the Browns? To me, it's the big-picture theme that we saw with Nick Sirianni. Remember those first two days of practices where he's getting after the entire team within, like, the first 15 minutes and everyone there is reporting on it, and it was a clear message at that time that we're not going to be complacent. This isn't gonna, That's not going to be a theme for us all year long. I'm getting after you right away. Well, then what happens on day one of these joint practices? I mean, it was so clear which team had more juice, and that was the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they're hooting and hollering after every play they make. The Eagles can't block them up. Jim Schwartz is throwing all types of blitzes. The Eagles offense can't even practice. And then the Eagles got a little bit of a talking to after day one, whether it was leaders on the team or Nick Sirianni, and it was a completely different story yesterday where the Eagles were treating that practice like it was a playoff game. I mean, you, the celebrations after some of the plays they made. So this to me is going to be a theme, you know, the Super Bowl hangover. Is it real? Is it not real? How do coaches account for it? How do you get these guys motivated in a, you know, 90 degree day in August when they're thinking, man, you know what we had to do just to get to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, and so that to me is the challenge of this coaching staff. And I thought it really played itself out over the last two days. Is Jalen Hurts really improved this season? You know what, John? When Joe asked me that question, I was debating between two answers. One was the answer I gave. Two is Jalen Hurts looks incredible to me. Now, <laughs> I haven't been down there every, every day. I've been down there for four practices, including uh, the last two. And his ball placement, his accuracy, the degree of difficulty for some of these throws that he's even attempting that you would look at the games over the last two years and say, now, that's not even a throw – he would attempt. I mean, he had one. He's rolling to his left. He throws to Devontae Smith, probably 30 yards downfield, toe taps on the sideline, right in his hands. Uh, I just feel like we can't put a ceiling on what Jalen Hurts can be. I mean, look at his completion percentages over the last three years and how much he improves every year. I mean, he completed 67% of his passes last year, and that aspect of his game, again, the accuracy, the ball placement, just willing to try those throws. That's where it looks like he's even taken a step up to me so far this summer. Shield with us here. Twitter poll question of the day brought to us by Armin Chevrolet of Ardmore. Hurry, Armin sizzling summer sell down and soon. In stock now, the three-row Chevrolet Traverse. Find new roads at ArminChevy.com. Today's poll question, who would you prefer to have as the Eagles' second-string QB? We put him in alphabetical order. Is it the unsigned and available, A, Nick Foles, B, Marcus Mariota, or C, Tanner McKee, who looked impressive the other day. Sheila, let me ask you this as a, as a way off of that question. Do the Eagles have a backup QB problem with Mariota? I mean, John and I are both very unimpressed. Uh, I would be with you guys. I felt that way, honestly, just watching him last year and when the Eagles signed him. Now he has had spurts of competency. He is sort of a 
to me, he's not a great backup quarterback because he has kind of a reckless style of play. I mean, that preseason game, he's diving. He, he I mean, he's, you're, it's like, yo, dude, you are, you are the backup quarterback. You can, it's the first preseason game. You need to be healthy. Uh, he's not accurate downfield. Uh, he, he's not a decisive player. And so, listen, for backup quarterbacks, you're not looking to get a pro bowler. But, yeah, I, I can't say I have a lot of confidence that if he had to come in for three, four games, uh, in place of Jalen Hurts, that he's going to be able to do a good enough job where you're going to to win those games. So, yeah, I, w- I would probably be on the side of you guys with that one. Look, I, I think the fact that, that he can do the offense and he can run it and it can remain, for the most part, undisturbed is, is just what they're going for here, and they're hoping he improves as a passer. That that That's my take well, on here, the whole thing. Sheila, here's my argument against what John said. I think that – look, I thought that Huntley guy with uh, with Baltimore wasn't bad last year. It's a joke he made the uh, the Pro Bowl, but if you ask John Harbaugh, would you rather have Huntley or like a better passer? I bet you he'd take a better passer. Like just because your starting quarterback runs a lot doesn't mean your backup quarterback needs to run a lot. And I think the idea of but last year our backup quarterback Gardner Minshew was running a lot and he was making pull reads and he was trying to do but, the the but, RPO stuff and he wasn't quite as good. Remember, we but were that's Sirianni's fault. We did we didn't change the offense enough for his yeah. skill set. But she'll, she'll, I, it doesn't much matter as far as last year at this point. I'll just say I don't need the Eagles backup to stylistically be similar to the Eagles starter. I, I, I just think get the best player and adjust your offense accordingly if the, if the backup goes in there. Do you agree with that, Shill? I agree with that, especially because when you're running this offense with Jalen Hurts where he's going to run the football a lot, now you bring a backup who's had injury issues in the past and you're going to run him a lot, and then you're you know one play away from being down to your third stringer. I actually – feel like it might be the opposite. I understand you're intrigued and you want to keep that run game element to your mm-hmm. offense, but with your backup quarterback, when he's getting hit that much, now all of a sudden you're you're on the you know the cusp of ruining your season if he goes down. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind having a more traditional guy uh, back there and, like you said, adjust the offense. You've got the offensive line. You've got the pass-catching weapons. Um, I think that's an equally attractive option. Who's having a better preseason, A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith? Oh man, it's they're just you know they're up there with any one-two combo in uh, in the NFL. I don't know which guy's having a a better summer. They both look fantastic to me. I mean, Devontae Smith, Darius Slay was just talking about it yesterday that this guy's going to be talked about as you know one of the most savvy wide receivers in the entire NFL if he's not already. He's just so advanced with his route running, with his footwork, with the way he sets up cornerbacks. Uh, you know, and, and he's so young still in his career. And then A.J. Brown is just a physical specimen. I mean, they had a play yesterday. It's kind of a second reaction uh, scramble drill a little bit where Jalen Hurts is off to his left, points to A.J. Brown where to go in the corner of the end zone, just Mm. throws it up, and A.J. Brown just catches a jump ball against Martin Emerson, who's a starting cornerback uh, for the Cleveland Browns. So uh, you just want both those guys uh, healthy, and, you know, they're both set up to have monster seasons. So the the Quez Watkins injury, is that opening the door for Greg Ward, Tyree Cleveland, or someone else uh, who's emerging from that as the third wide receiver? Yeah, you know, at the beginning of camp, I would have said Zacchaeus was the guy. Now, again, I haven't been there every day. I haven't seen him doing uh, a ton. Tyree Cleveland is an interesting guy. I mean, every time, you know, he gets an opportunity, he's making plays. He made a play yesterday for a touchdown. We saw what he did. Uh, you know, in the preseason game. So he's someone that I'm just like, all right, keep an eye on this guy for the next two to three weeks, see how he performs 
in the preseason. Now, having said that, uh, I think it's probably an uphill climb for most of those guys. I think the coaching staff still kind of likes Quez Watkins if he's healthy in that role, stretching the defense, even if he's not getting uh, a lot of targets. But uh, Cleveland would be, if you're asking me, the bottom of the roster of wide receivers who has impressed me, uh, Cleveland would be that guy. Shil Kapati with a shield. Let's go back to April for a sec, because obviously Jalen Carter is getting huge reviews. You're an animal when it comes to draft preparation, and I'm curious, where did you have Jalen Carter ranked? Not for where he would be drafted, because obviously the teams at the top are going to take a QB, but where you thought he ranked as far as quality player for their pro football career. Fletcher Cox said yesterday Jalen Carter should have gone first overall. Where did you have him in April? Yeah, I think I said this to you guys after the draft that I thought he was the best non-quarterback in the draft. I mean, just talent, film-wise, like – his film compared to Jordan, like Jordan Davis, I watched in college and I had questions about, I could see the upside, but I was like, all right, I don't totally see it uh, here with him. Jalen Carter, I had no questions with the film. I mean, quickness, power, like just a complete defensive tackle who, if he hits, is a game wrecker. Like the kind of guy who offensive coordinators on a Monday or a Tuesday when they're game planning say, all right, what's our plan for 98? Because if we don't have one, uh, we're not going to have much of a chance in this game. Now, having said that, we all know the off-field stuff. That That's why uh, teams passed on him, teams like the Seattle Seahawks, that uh, I know the Seahawks would have loved him as a player and are willing to take chances on guys, and they passed him for a cornerback. So, so that stuff was real. You know, teams were, there were teams that didn't even have him uh, on their board there in the first round. So it's, uh, it's a high-risk, high-reward pick, but I think, yeah, you're seeing, you know, not only in the preseason game, but even uh, at practice, uh, what some of that upside looks like. Yeah, Shield, we heard that he was schooling really good guards, Batonio and Teller out there at practice both days. We also heard that our pass protection struggled. You said that Jim Schwartz was lighting it up with blitzes. Why was the pass pro such a problem on Monday, and why was it improved yesterday? Was it just emotion the guys were more involved or what explain that and how much of that is the Browns agree I mean Jaws sent me a text last night saying the Browns front looked amazing and obviously Miles Garrett's in his prime Miles Garrett did not practice on Tuesday Tuesday also did did that contribute to them not getting as much push up front yeah I was gonna say that's probably the biggest factor Miles (laughs) Garrett Miles Garrett practiced Monday Miles Garrett did not practice uh, Tuesday, and John, you were on this all of last year, you know, asking me uh, almost every week, I feel like, about Jordan Mailata in pass protection, and, you know, I probably was not as critical as I should have been, and I think there are certain pass rushers that are going to give Mailata uh, issues. I think he's still, uh, you know, relatively young player here. I think he's dynamic as a run blocker, but guys like Miles Garrett, guys like Michael Parsons, listen, there's not, uh, there's probably a handful of left tackles who can handle those guys uh, one-on-one, and I think Miles Garrett got the better, uh, certainly, of Jordan Mailata in day one, and then I think there was, you know, communication stuff uh, up front with some of the looks that Jim Schwartz was showing the Eagles' offensive line, and, and I do think that that Browns front, that that Browns defense is, is going to be a really good unit this year, not that that's an excuse for the Eagles. They're going to have to yeah. play uh, good teams, but yeah, I, I think it was a kind of a, all, a combination of all of those factors. And uh, the Nicobe Dean story, uh, injury, he wasn't practicing, now he's returning. How much is it hurting Nicobe Dean that he was injured? How, how much can you tell us about Miles Jack, Zach Cunningham, these other linebackers? Who do you expect starts the season inside for us? 
I mean, it, it's probably still the biggest question on the team. Like, I think safety, you've gotten some better answers with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, running back, all the guys have stayed healthy. You feel like you're going to be able to figure that out. Linebacker, man, you know, it, it's just a bunch of dart throws, honestly, is what it is. And uh, I don't think Kobe Dean's losing ground. I think he was back out there uh, yesterday, and I think certainly he's going to begin the season as a starter. Is he going mm-hmm. to be a great player? Is he going to be a solid player? I, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, any of that, you know, we just haven't seen enough of him uh, to know whether he's going to be that guy. And I just look back at last year, you know, Kaiser White was not playing great for this Eagles defense. And there was no point late in the season where they even considered it, at least to my eyes, uh, putting the Kobe Dean in there for him. So he slips in the draft. He can't beat out Kaiser White. Now he's got some injuries. Now, uh, listen, he's a smart player. Uh, they love his intangibles. Uh, he absolutely, there's a chance he can hit and he can be a fan favorite. I just, I haven't seen it yet, so uh, I need mm-hmm. to see more there. In terms of who's going to start, man, like I almost wonder, one thing we're seeing with Sean Desai, he's, not, he's willing to kind of put guys in different roles, and I think he might be willing to put together a lot of different uh, personnel packages where it might not just be two linebackers playing 90% of the snaps. You know, it could be N'Kobe Dean and Zach Cunningham on early downs. It could be Miles Jack. Uh, coming in on third down or in two-minute situations. So I don't have a great answer for that for you. I, I think they're throwing a bunch of darts. They're saying, let's see how the next two to three weeks go. Let's see who's healthy in week one, and we'll kind of figure out who's out there uh, at that point. Sheila, let's do one more here. Let's broaden it to the whole league. You cover the entire league for the ringer. Uh, I'm curious if your answer is the same as mine. What do you believe is the most intriguing storyline across the entire NFL for this season? The most intriguing storyline across the entire. I mean, is, is it Aaron Rodgers? Or Correct. Are, are we, it's Aaron. Okay. It's Aaron Rodgers okay. in New York. It's Aaron okay. Rodgers in New York. Not only in New York, but with a team last year that had a really good defense and a really good running game. They now got two running backs. They're going to be in a hellacious conference with the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers is obviously sort of nearing the end of his career, Think about but their division. still phenomenal. And and I think he's going to be highly motivated. I just I think the Aaron Rodgers New York thing is really going to be fascinating. Yeah, there's no you said it. Their defense was legitimately a top five defense last year. I've got them as a top five defense this year. But what was John John was saying was true. I mean, their division stuff. That conference, the AFC. You can probably name one of ten teams and tell me, hey, Sheila, I think that team's getting to the Super Bowl. And I would say, all right, yeah, you have a strong case for that. NFC, I mean, I'm looking around. Is there a sleeper in this conference? (laughs) Who are the best quarterbacks? you got Jalen Hurts and, uh, you know, Dak Prescott's still a very good quarterback, even though he hasn't had the playoff success. And then after that, you're looking around, go, wait, am I really going to pick Geno Smith to get to the NFC Championship? Jared Goff, Brock Purdy to get to the NFC Championship? So, yeah, the Eagles are in a good Mm -hmm. spot where you've seen these guys, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Will. You know, these guys have gone from – uh, great quarterbacks at the NFC to now a little bit of unknown commodities in the AFC, and it's still not t- like Bryce Young eventually could be a very good player, but uh, I don't think it's going to be that case as a rookie. So, yeah, the Eagles are, are in a good spot uh, in the NFC, and there really is that disparity between the two conferences that I don't remember it being this big uh, in a long time. Shit, we really look forward, man, to having you on weekly in the football season. We'll get to all the details we get closer, but uh, awesome job as always. Thanks, pal. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. You Thanks, got it, man. Shield Capati. All right, coming up an awful lot, including Spike Eskin. He joins us at 8.20 on the Harden Mess. Also, more of what Andy Reid said, his interview with Joe and Hugh later today, but we have some preview audio to play. Plus, Nick Sirianni talking about Nolan Smith, something to pump me up there. And Nick Foles 
on when he left Philadelphia and what his mindset was. All of it coming up on 94 WIP. Temperatures are heating up, and when you have an AC breakdown to repair, you need it today. Horizon Cooling, Heating, and Plumbing is the highly trained team you can trust to repair your system the same day or you don't pay. Horizon services are your local, always accessible cooling experts. They're available around the clock for you, offering zero-fee, 24-hour emergency services. They're also open nights and weekends. That's right. Horizon is here to help even during later hours. Plus, all of Horizon's repair services are backed by their worry-free guarantee. Horizon's trucks are fully stocked and ready to repair any cooling system. Your friends and neighbors have depended on Horizon for years, making them the number one cooling expert for decades. Call Horizon today, 855-240-1234, or book online in under a minute at horizoneasybook.com.